today we have Rohan. Hey! Uh, my name is Rohan Thomas John. Three words that describe me would be funny, lighthearted, hyphenated, and nerd. The Inside Joe. Get you a sip of that Inside Joe. Let's get all the way inside. It's yeah. been like a month? Yeah. A month. You're still my first friend in Chicago. This really? That really helps. Wow. And yeah. I just put you on a podcast. This is so great. No, this okay. is like part of the growth of the friendship. <laughs> I always like, like to fun. ask the guest, what is your favorite episode in the Inside Joe? Ooh, probably this one because I haven't heard. Oh, I have heard the other one with the, the music. That's not an episode. Is that an episode? No, that's oh, not. Oh, okay. So then. So you haven't listened to any of them? No, I don't think so. The Inside Joe. I was born in Bangalore, India. I was born on the day that India's version of JFK was assassinated. Uh, and then I moved to the u.s when i was 18 so wait about... can, you, can you stop wait so was there an indian <laughs> jfk that there got basically was like he was like you know the good looking extremely well spoken okay. was going to lead us into the 21st century yeah. and he was assassinated by the sri lankan terrorist organization called the ltte uh-huh. who was fighting for tamil independence at the time and they killed him by a suicide vest the morning of the day i was born Oh. And basically the entire country shut down because it was during elections of that year. Okay. So he was on the poll run and got assassinated. They shut down hospitals. My father was like stuck outside the hospital because they shut down everything. So he couldn't make it in. Someone had to come and like verify that he was who he was. The Indian JFK. Yeah. Got Rajiv assass- Gandhi. Okay. He got assassinated and then you were born? Yeah. So... At- just thinking by Indian standards is you're the reincarnated ideal. I would assume so other than the fact that I don't have that political cutthroat that was required in Indian politics. Well, maybe the second life he's like, you know what? This, the this politics the way got me killed. Yeah. So maybe, I'm, I'm out. You I'm learned. Out. You learned. But like in, in the ultimate irony, I went on to study for grad school. I studied terrorism <laughs> studies right. and nuclear weapons. So, like, on some level, a big part of the draw was being born on the day that oh, that's Suicide Vest became really popular. So, we might have the... Uh... Rajiv Gandhi. Yeah. Wow. So, that, that could be you. It could be me. Like, if we're going to, like, go reborn as a cockroach, reborn as a prime minister, maybe. Probably not, though. <laughs> you were born, and then, and then what happened? I uh, lived in Bangalore, India, in South India, for... 18 years of my life, after my 18th birthday, I moved to Moorhead, Minnesota and lived in Fargo, North Dakota. So Moorhead and Fargo are twin cities and lived there for undergrad for three years. And after which I left because it was too cold. So why, why Fargo? Um, my parents didn't trust me to be alone and away from family because apparently I was a flight risk or a life, life risk. So at some point in time, they were scared that I would get into trouble and have no one around me. 
my uncle and aunt lived in North Dakota in Bismarck as cancer doctors. Right. Okay. Uh, so they were in. They were like what two and a half hours away. So they were like, that's a safe distance to have someone if you need yeah. anything. Plus, there's no one else uh, in Fargo that could harm you. There's no, like, there. there's no one there. Like literally <laughs> flatland for like hours and hours and hours. Later on, found out that like all the nuclear weapons of the United States are stored there for yeah. the same reason. But yeah, no, it was like North Dakota for three years. Taught me a lot about America that I had not seen on TV. Clicks are way harder to break into than like Secret Life of the American Teenager or One Tree Hill told you. One Tree Hill. I, I, actually, I was a huge One Tree Hill person before I left. I really liked One Tree Hill too. It was like a, it was like a secret, what did they call it? Uh, guilty pleasure. Guilty pleasure. Yeah, yeah totally. absolutely. So like <laughs> One Tree Hill, before I left for the US, I was like, this is going to be me. I'm going to break into that social circle. I'm going to be a cool kid. Start playing basketball. Yeah, I'm going to suddenly like be able to or play football. I always thought that too. If I just start shooting hoops alone and look smoldering. Oh, <laughs> just look, look around. Like, like, you know, like, yeah. keep missing. Hey, you, you want to come it. to a party? I bet bad. you thought like, wow, Americans are not good looking. Oh, uh, no, no, no. So I went to an all boys school. Okay. For 12 years of my life. So like all through high school, all through school, I was all boys. The first time that, the first time I had women in a class with me was in the US, in Minnesota, where everyone... That was blo- the first time. Ever. Wow. So everyone's blonde hair, blue eyed. And I was like, what is like, going g- on? Yeah, <laughs> literally a little bit. I was like, basically, you told me Baywatch was only in California, but this seems like everyone's wow. blue hair, blonde hair, blue eyed. So it was, a, it was very confusing, but also the culture shock of speaking the way I do, the way I right. spell. Right. So like my accent surprisingly wasn't as strong as I thought it would be. Because people mostly understood me other than I spoke too quickly. Okay, yeah. But I think a large part of the difference was I didn't think... Like, there's difference between spellings in English and right. American. And I didn't know that at all. Because you learned British English. Yeah, British English yeah. in like British private school in India. So, color is C-O-L-O-U-R, not C-O-L-O-R. Right. So, things like that would get me like grade downs. But like, other than that... Wait, they, they marked you for that? They marked me for that, like, for my first two years. And then I learned how to, like, That's ridiculous. actively make sure yeah. I changed it. But I think living in the dorms with women on the other side was hella confusing. Yeah, that would be so confusing. Oh, right, because you're in college. It's not high school. So you're in college. There's no parents. There's no parents. There's not, and also, this is the only time in my life I've been away from my parents. You obviously stuck out a lot. Oh, yeah. Being like probably one, if not one of few Indian people. Oh, yeah. And the, at the time, so apparently from what I hear now, there are like more Indian restaurants in Fargo. There's like more of an Indian population. Like a large engineering population goes to NDSU, where Carson Wentz went to school. Oh, Carson Wentz. And Trey Lance went uh, to school. So, both so, so awful quarterbacks. Awful quarterbacks. <laughs> NDSU, Div 2 quarterbacks. But... Um, I met Carson Wentz at like one of these random parties, but like nice I, guy, very nice guy, really surprisingly nice guy. He looks like a douche. He does. He looks like Prince Harry. Yeah, and like that's the problem. But he was actually very nice. He was like super like welcoming, considering that he had like a bunch of linemen around him. I think the large part of it was Minnesota was nicer than I expected, but also way more ignorant than I expected. So for the longest yeah. time. 
I convinced a lot of people that I was like, because a lot of the a lot of the questions were, "Oh my God, did you go to school by elephant?" Like stuff like that. Like not knowing we had cars in India. I think that's like, uh, like a pretty normal thing to assume of a country. So, so they, in their mind, they think. Aladdin. Aladdin, yeah. Basically. <laughs> and I was like, yes, absolutely. My my elephant oh my was named God. Apu. And he was great. And he they're like, like, maybe if you're lucky, you get a genie. Yeah, yeah. I was like, maybe a genie. <laughs> On the side of monkey, maybe a parrot if you find them. A really smart monkey. <laughs> a smart monkey. Yeah, then you could do it, things. Abu. Yeah. But... Shout out. <laughs> shout out, shout out, Abu. <laughs> <laughs> but it was difficult because like, I think a lot of the questions were... It was like so difficult not to mess with people because a lot of the questions were so ignorant... Yeah. That people hadn't obviously understood what India is other than Slumdog Millionaire. Like, literally, that's right. what the outlook That looked, came out before? Around, around the, same the same time. time. Oh, yeah. so that's even worse. It's yeah. fresh in their so, minds. So, like, fresh in everyone's mind. Oh my so, like, my name is Rohan Thomas John. So, like, I have the whitest name ever. So, like, a lot of people were like, that can't be your real name. So, a lot of people in classes, when I introduced myself, was like, how? Right. So, eventually, I got really tired of this. And... I started telling people that this was like my, you know, my American name. My American right. name is Rohan Thomas John, but my actual ethnic Indian name is Bile, which was a running joke right. because this comedian from India. Right. And it like ran forever. Russell Peters. Russell Peters, yeah. yes. Ran forever until like a parent of like one of my closest friends was like, please tell us your ethnic name. We've heard so many things about this. Please explain to us how you got this name. Because you're like a cultural exchange. Yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah. And, and like I think a large part of my experience ended up being figuring out I can't screw with them that much because I should be educating them about my culture. Yeah. But also, it's so hard not to, right? It's also like you have to carry a whole of India on your back. I'm not the cultural yeah. steward. Why am I the cultural you're steward? Not, you're not here to represent. You're, you're here to learn. Just like every other student. The inside joke. Coming from South India, India is like a very racist country in general. So like in even in between like North India and South India, South India has darker skinned people versus North India having light skinned people. So there is colorism like on a deep level in India. The plus side in coming to Minnesota and like living in Fargo also was I was fetishized on this extreme level that I couldn't understand as an 18 year old coming yeah. in, hormones filled. You don't expect people to just walk up to you and be like, yes, I want to be your Jasmine. It's like confusing. Because it, it's it, a one chance yeah. to experience something very different. I think it took me a little bit to understand what was happening. But when I did, it was even more confusing because uh, I was raised Christian. Uh -huh. So like Protestant, but like Syrian Christian. So like a very different sect of Christianity than most people are used to. But one of my first girlfriends in, in the US, in Minnesota, was this Polish-American like girl who was very Christian and would take me to church. her church and also like the Christian on-campus fraternity kind of I've, I've, I've been part of stuff. Yes, exactly. I, I so, like, I, I didn't understand what these were because in India we don't have these things. 
but going and introducing people and being like oh i bought my friend who's from india is like cred points and i didn't realize that until much oh. later where you're like see i bought the most exotic thing i saw it's like show and tell exactly and i was the tell that's a weird feeling <laughs> that's a weird feeling and also like people telling you oh wow did you convert when you were and i was like no i or, was like, baptized did she yeah. convert you Congratulations. Exactly. Yeah. So a lot of the questions were, yeah, that's weird. did I grow up Christian? I know the history of like Christianity in India because of colonialism and like how St. Thomas showed up hella years ago and converted, a, force converted a lot of people. Right. So like explain to them that we had Christianity in India before most of Europe and America had plumbing was like difficult because I was trying to be nice, but it's very confusing. Well, Americans notoriously just look at like the world's Life. very small. Yeah. It's, it's all American centric and true. The inside Joe. So after I I lived in Fargo, Moorhead for three years, uh, left. And went to California, to Monterey, California, for grad school. And I studied terrorism studies and nuclear nonproliferation over there for two years. Me but too. I, yeah? I'm, I'm wow, oh my God, that's so great. As a South Korean American, <laughs> that totally makes sense. Yeah, it's like, yeah. it's a very specific for that part of like, I think it's just Middlebury who offer it there. Yeah. But uh, that was really interesting. I think like going from like no cultures other than like white America to super multicultural was great. Also, I have to ask, very superficial question. Moving from Fargo to California in general, much better looking people, I'm guessing, or not? I don't think so. Really? I like looks wise, I think there is like, an insanely attractive bunch of people in like wow. Minnesota, North Dakota, because it's three kinds of people. It's like Norwegian, German, right. and like Finnish. Yeah. And they all vaguely look alike and they have like an extremely good gene pool. <laughs> uh, I think California opened my eyes up to just warmth. Yeah. Like, I was more used to the weather. Right, India is yeah. always warm. It's so much yeah. easier. Yeah, exactly. It's so much more co common with what I've grown up with. But with North Dakota, I learned, uh, North Dakota and Minnesota, I learned so much about just culture I would never have learned. Like, I tasted Ludafisk, which is... What is that? Yeah, Ludafisk is Norwegian fish stew. Oh. Yeah, so, like, one of my girlfriends... Was one of your, one one of of your my girlfriends from Minnesota <laughs> was like, you should come home to my 200-person town who've never seen a colored person before, right. and it should be fine. And I went, and a lot of people were holding their guns because they've never seen a colored person before. So are you used to ha people having guns? I'm, having, I'm very used to like having guns pointed at me in Boy, situations whoa. that it's like, not even just cops, right? Like, I've had cops pull guns on me, but like, even in situations like in a gas station, it's open carry in a lot of like South Dakota too. Oh my God. So like a lot of this place is, it's just the wild west. That's what right, it felt to me. Right. And at some point, I think I realized it was because of the color of my skin, but that took me a bit too. Right. They would have this like fear of me until I spoke to them. And I had like a pretty, I had a stronger British accent 
back then because of school and that almost always disarmed them and it yeah. would not be as worrisome anymore because i don't sound like every other indian uh-huh. which is good and bad like it's a show of my privilege for sure but also it's extremely sad that like i have to sound pretty western for you to like not be worried about me the inside joe so why are you here in chicago so i got married congratulations thank you thank you <laughs> so that's how we know each other we know yeah. each other because like our wives know each other mm-hmm. And our wives went to like art school together, but uh, I've known my wife for 14 years. Yeah, 14 years now. And we've known each other from India since we were 18 and 16, 18, 17, respectively. Yeah, that was, and you told me your whole story and (laughs) I I was just like blown away because I had no idea that you guys knew each other that long, that long. And you guys have this whole you know, we don't have intense <laughs> Shakespearean like drama <laughs> love story. But uh, I'm glad that you, you you guys are here in Chicago. We're we're trying to convince this guy to stay, but he's mm. just like in love with California. It's just the warmth. It's it's like I don't think I could deal with another winter. But maybe if like if my nerves fry off again, I think I could do it again. I you, could like just like live this winter life forever. I haven't convinced my boss. I'm I'm telling you, like if you know, like how they say, like you live in New York. And then you become a New Yorker because you go through the grit and grind. And you're like, this it, is why. It's kind of like Chicago. You that go makes through sense. a couple of Chicago winters. Like, not one or two. That doesn't do it. <laughs> you really got to suffer. And, and then, then you feel it. Then you feel that first 60 degree weather yeah. of, of the year. And you're just like, life is amazing. <laughs> I could do anything. And then you're, you're never going to get that in California because it's always amazing. It's always amazing. It's like, it's it's good to get like a little cooler, but like no, nothing, nothing like this. This is great. Yeah. And the people that you meet here are so much better. Because character building, right? It's character building. <laughs> we know winter. how to suffer. Yeah, exactly. And like, that like creates good yeah. people. And creativity because we have to be creative in the winter. Mm-hmm. We have to create podcasts. We have to do stuff. And like, you know, not worry while the sun goes away at like 3 p.m. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It's, it's a lovely place. <laughs> uh, your major, right? Um, can you say it one more time? Because I, I can't. Non-proliferation of nuclear weapons and terrorism studies for grad school. And what, what got you into that? Um, two things. One, like I said, my I was born on the day that the suicide vest got popular. Yeah. The suicide vest was created by this Sri Lankan terrorist group called the LTTE, who weren't religious but we're fighting for an ethnic population, Tamil population, and somehow convince their fighters to kill themselves over this. That's how Rajiv Gandhi, the prime minister, passed away. So that was one of the biggest reasons. And the other one was India tested its first nuclear bomb when I was 10, 10 or 11. And it was a holiday the day after that they tested because... It was like a point of national pride. So it was on the newspapers. It's a huge deal. It's a huge deal. Like yeah. us, India, a colony, finally like reaching above and like being a Western power was like right, the ideal. Right. So my mom's also a physicist. Mm-hmm. So I asked my mom a lot about like, why is this a holiday? Why does it make sense? Why are we celebrating something that is a weapon from all means of understanding? And she was like, this is the only way that we make sure that what the British did to us won't happen again. Mm. And I think that's a very interesting outlook on nationalism. 
other than like anything else is that you get something to protect yourself that is making sure that nobody else can mess with you ever again and this is just like the israeli outlook on nuclear weapons or the israeli lo- outlook on iron dome is that never again right it's like we right, have like right. set the standard on the ground or in the sand we've drawn this line and now we are more powerful to like defend ourselves i think that always confused me because i think more than nuclear weapons is policy around nuclear weapons mm-hmm. so deterrence is something that like fascinates me the inside joe you kind of being a little bit different than most of your family i would say yeah and that's something that when we were talking about that always interests me it's like how did you break out of uh, quote-unquote, a conservative home and kind of going on your own uh, kind of way of thinking about life and, and and what that means to you. I think growing up in the conservative home, I bought in for like a good number of the years, for like at least 15 to 18 of 18 years before I left India. Yeah. I bought in like deeply. So the conservatism in my home was very connected to Christianity and the church and like how you be, how you behave in the church and then there's also this phrase which I think uh, Hasan Minhaj has also made very popular is kya karte hai? or like what will people think uh, yeah. so what will people think is a very overwhelming overarching theme in all Indian homes is like you don't do something because what will people think right That's, so, it, so it's like a huge community pressure and it's like you are an extension. You as a child are an extension of your parents. Yeah. You are nothing else. You are not an individual. You have no rights. You have no like ideals to like look forward to other than you're an extension of your parents or your family. And I think that aspect of the conservatism and like just not being able to be me. I was also like from my paternal family side was very bullied because I'm also like much darker than the rest of my family. So my dad has three elder brothers and they have like children too, but they all are pretty light skinned compared to me. And so when I was growing up, a large part of like my going to visit relatives in uh, my ancestral home in Kerala, which was like another state, would require me to like not go out in the sun because my grandmother would be like, you need to stay in, put cream on your face so that you don't get darker. Being dark was so connected to you are low class, not able to acquire a wife later on in life. Something my grandmother would say to me a lot growing up. Um, I think that started my question. I think at a very young age, I was like, this makes no sense to me. It's like, so I'm just stuck in this because I'm dark and I have nothing else to do. I can't like move out of it. And thankfully, at the same time is when rap music started getting really big. (laughs) So I was like, holy shit, there are black guys here doing amazing things around like seven or eight. But that's around the time I went to Africa. So like my dad had work in Africa and Uganda for a year and a half around then so i went for like six to seven months and i think that opened up my outlook on everyone is black here no one's treating each other like as if you are lesser one is higher it's like it's so understanding i think i learned a lot about like merit of character versus what you look like or like what is on your skin 
my maternal grandfather was one of the people who raised me basically because my mother and father were always working so my maternal grandfather would make me read communist manifesto when i was like nine years old and i see yeah so a lot of like my reading understanding of the world happened through him so i think the conservatism was like being fought with this like intellectualism that this man was teaching me and teaching me about just because there's rules in place doesn't mean they're infallible that's awesome yeah i'm so that's i'm so glad you had someone yeah. in your life like that because i was thinking like how do you break out of something that's like your whole family is bought into exactly and i always like the underdog i always like the rebel and it's because it feels like i hate when people are brainwashed yeah and they live their whole life just doing the same and then thing they're on their deathbed you wake up you're like oh my god what did i do I fuck this the inside joe my mom is like pretty like old school too so yeah. like she was like she was anti me reading harry potter because it had witches oh, and i've, I've heard that too yeah and yeah. i was like that's pretty crazy so i would still read all that but like also reading other stuff like i read game of thrones like a year or two after it was released because of my grandfather communist manifesto but also understanding like world politics from a very young age yeah. that like it made no sense if i can't fight out of like a situation i'm in how are people doing it other than that so like mlk or like people who are like in real difficulty where like society telling them no it it seems like black people have really made a huge influence in your humongous life. so like after i came to the us too even more so like i learned from like my black friends my black friends taught me how not to be around cops yeah because they were like you're going to get caught Just not like not, everyone, yeah, yeah. not as bad right. as us but like right. you're going to get stopped too because you're very dark skinned so it's going to happen to you indians would rather pretend to be white than anything else we would not understand that we're people of color we assume we are people of like white skin or like right cuz colonization i think or... that and also because like I think the idea of like our independence movement also like Gandhi for example mm-hmm. was a lawyer in Africa in South Africa and his defense of Indian people was we are not black people. Whoa. The black people are bad but we are good. I didn't know that. Yeah. So Gandhi's statue has been taken down all over Africa because he's vehemently racist. Mm. But I think that idea sticks with a lot of uh. what Indians also think like we we buy into the whole token right like the token uh race kind of situation of like we are the best of the immigrants coming oh, in so but not we are not people of color we deserve better cuz we have like CEOs who are like brown and like I mean Indian. I could totally relate obviously being Korean, Korean Asians yeah. coming in it's like a different type of immigration right? yeah cuz you're not like yeah. against it it's like oh these are smart people right. which is like faulty too because the only people they let in were like highly educated right. like brown people or like Asians the ratio of the yeah. people yeah yeah it makes sense and 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 I'm sure you've gotten this a lot I've gotten it a couple of times you go to Uber or anything else they're like oh you're an engineer yeah all yeah. the time there were so many doctors who were brown or like east asian for so long or like Indian or like Pakistani or Bangladeshi or East Asian because that's only who they would let in but also 
families realize back at home this is the best way to send your kids abroad yeah and like make the best for their future it's confusing i mean your journey is a little confusing yeah right definitely you're being pulled from so many different ways so finding your own way out of this my story is not as complex Mm -hmm. but it's you know i'm korean but i'm american probably first because i was born here um and you know, I sound like I'm white if you just heard me on the, on the phone. But also, I felt a little bit different. Do I even call myself a minority in right. a sense? Like, where do I, where, where do I fit? And, yeah, I don't feel like this is my home, though, either. Like, I always, even though I was born in America, I feel like a guest. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I don't really know where I belong. But for you, like, finding a new home, I guess, now, now in America, with the journey that you've had, do you feel like this is your home or? I think like I definitely, I think over the years it's definitely been like, I don't fit in back in India the same way. Right. But I definitely do kind of fit in here, but it's confusing, right? I think a large part of it is, uh, so I'm up for citizenship right now. So like my interview for citizenship is in a month. Yeah. So there's that that's happening, but also... I have to give up Indian citizenship while I do that. Right. Because okay. we can't, there's no dual right. citizenship with like India. So that's also like, yes, it's only on paper, but it's a deep and extremely like personal relationship and like a journey to go through. I, I think America has treated me well. Americans obviously don't know any better. And I've, I think learned how to like tell the difference between the two. America has given me insane opportunity that I would never have gotten anywhere else. I would never be able to study, like you said, never be able to study what I studied in grad school or live the life that I did without America. I think, I feel like, I feel like what an expat sounds Mm -hmm. like. I don't feel like an immigrant because I think I'll always be an immigrant. But I do want to take some power away from the idea that expats are only white people in other countries right. and immigrants are like that, brown That's people. a very good point. Yeah. That's a very good point, yeah. Because I think I really need to take some power away because I think my idea of immigrant is so as a victim and like things are just happening to you. And it, it did like for like so many years. I've been here for like 12, 13 years. Right. And things did happen, like things out of my control. I like, I think I've been surviving for a large part of the time I've been here rather than thriving. But I think taking the power of, there is a certain value that America gives you that I would not be able to get. Right. I would never be able to be this open-minded or this outspoken if not for America. For sure. Very well put, too, because I, 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 that resonates with me a lot, mm-hmm. too, because America is a very complex country. Yeah. A lot of different cultures, um, a lot of different religions, mm-hmm. perspectives, and the fact of who's a guest in this country. Yeah. I mean, I, mo- this whole country is full of immigrants. Exactly. Pretty much. But it just depends on when you came, I guess. So, And there's a lot of pride. A lot of pride. A lot of pride, and I feel the same way. I, I don't hate America, yeah. although there's a lot to hate. Yeah. Um, and I'm appreciative of the opportunities that you could only get in America, it feels yeah. like. Absolutely. But there's also a lot of complications uh, as far as what America actually stands for mm-hmm. and the reality of it. It's not easy. It's not like, oh, you're a patriot. Like, patriot sounds like you're a racist yeah. now. 
but I also am proud. I'm not proud to be American, actually. I'm not. Like, if I go to a different country, I'm not like, oh, I'm American. But it's like something to... And funnily enough, like, the most nationalistic country in the world is India, which is yeah. a trip in itself. But that's a lot. Is it? I didn't know that. Is that. On all polls because of Kashmir and, like, cricket and, like, Pakistan. Like, things like that yeah. is the reason for nationalism. But, like, I think nationalism in America is soft power. It's, like, culture of... American culture is everywhere. No matter where you are, who you are, you understand American culture. Yeah. I think what America gives that most countries can't is you you can assimilate as much as you can to Americanisms, but you don't have to be just that. You right. can be more. That's, that's and true. And I think, yes, it's scary. And I, I, I think I took a long time to get here because I have major issues with my extended family who are all American and live here who were just like me went through the process and went from green card holder to like American citizen, but they want to pretend to be white. Right. right. And my biggest issue is I don't, I don't think that's how you do it. Right. They don't, they don't recognize themselves as Indian American. They are just American. That's a good, okay. That, that is a very good point. And that, that even coincides with voting. Yeah. Right. Voting uh, and which party they vote what for. What kind of block, yeah. yeah. And they're all Republican. That's right, the funny right. thing. No, I, Wealthy I doctors. Because for them, it's like they did it the right way. They yeah. came in, they they earned this, and they've assimilated. And yeah, it's, it's And all weird... of you should not have been like, why are you against the cops doing their job? It's like dumb, very generalized statements like that that define what my family dynamic in America is. And to separate what the American experience for me has been versus yeah. what the American experience for them and what my family's outlook on America is, is very complex. Yeah. I think like that's where I had, like drew my line where I don't hate America. I think America, like you said, right. very complex. But I think there's so many added figures. Like your community matters so much. There's a part of America that is... Like you said, right? Coming in at the right time. Irish-American, right. Italian-American. Right. What your trauma was when you came in and how you like preserved that through the ages is very important too. I feel like America is just having an identity crisis yeah. at this point. My relationship with America is so weird because it's all I know mm -hmm. too, which is a little different than your experience. I was blinded by the whole like issues as mm -hmm. you're growing up and then you see it and you're like, whoa, like this is really it's fucked up. The Inside Joe. This whole journey that you've had, and obviously kind of learning that maybe I'm a little bit different than my family and their expectations, has your outlook on religion changed? Much, like a lot. I went from deeply religious, vacation Bible school, Sunday school teacher, to deeply atheist, where I was absolutely against everything that the church taught me or hmm. forced on on me to i think i'm a healthy level of agnostic now because i think i understand that i'm not like arrogant enough to like right. admit like i was when i was younger because i think with like end of teenagehood comes like this confidence of i understand the world right and i think i understand now that i don't like i think a large part of it is still in mystery and I would rather say that I don't know rather mm. than 
double down on Christianity and be like, yes, there's a God who is watching me masturbate. Like, I think <laughs> like that's a bit much for me. No, I, yeah. And again, I, I keep saying I relate to you, but um, it's similar to me too. Like, I feel like I don't believe in whatever God I grew up with. Mm-hmm. That's for certain. Like that Santa Claus or Zeus-like character, yeah. I think is fictional for me. I come to the acceptance that like God is comforting to have and I wish I had faith because faith is extremely comforting to have. Like at the worst of your times, it's great to have faith that someone is watching over you. Masturbating? Watching over you, masturbating, watching over you, like (laughs) having the worst like tipsy night or like a drunk night of your life. But it's nice to have like, you know, parent figure. It's like celestial parents. Someone that's going to keep you safe. Sky daddy. Right. Or like, sky, or, sky Daddy is yeah. what you call him? Sky Daddy? It's a Reddit term, which I really, oh, really? enjoy. It's a thing. Okay. Yeah. So Sky Daddy is like everything. Like, I think that just because you want a Sky Daddy doesn't mean there is a Sky Daddy. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a large part of like outlook on life that, fuck, COVID hits. And you're like, why would God do this to test us or whatever? Right. But like, I think it's so much more difficult for all of humanity to accept that there's nothing after this. Mm, it's mm. just oh, darkness yeah. and blatant nothing. And you just are given this one chance to like, live this life and there's no meaning to it. Do it because you get the opportunity. So do it right. Do it how you think is right. Convenience. Yeah. Religion. Where it's like, oh, this makes me feel better. So like, let me do yeah, it. And, and then if you really believe in a lot of these things there's a lot of bad stuff yeah. that come with it but you could just ignore that because like that's not convenient for my life so like exactly like yeah. like catholicism and like the diddling of the kids and like or colonialism right. and like the forced killing of like all these people who didn't convert i think you either accept it all and like make understanding that like some of this is like extremely fucked up because people are fucked up but or you understand that this is just another scheme of how people try to control other people. Like, as yeah. politics is, as religion always has been, it's easier to control people with a metaphysical that we don't understand. It's the only, like, widely accepted metaphysical thing. What do you think happens when you die? It's just darkness. It's like Nothing. En- energy doesn't get created. Energy doesn't get, like destroyed you become part of the environment you become part of the energy that was always there does that keep you up at night yes i know but like i think i've had enough situations of i think bliss would be the best way to put it where you realize that your existence in this environment is not as important as you perceiving what your existence Mm. is and if it has to end, I think that's why we expect and like accept it so easily. Because we've, we've like brought on to us the idea that, okay, we exist. This is all happening around us. Making it go to end or like ending it at any point of time is the only way you accept that it's worth it. It's so dramatic. It is so dramatic. This is the most dramatic thing though. Like, okay, I... I don't know where I where I stand. I think I do believe that there's a heaven, but 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 I will give a caveat because like I totally understand where you're coming from, yeah, and yeah. I thought the exact same thing. So I'm not like yeah, yeah, for sure. But I guess what bothers me, which is very possible that we just die, 
is like it is just too dramatic. I, I know that's it's a like funny out of nowhere, just like done. <laughs> it's so dramatic. It's like we live this life and then poof, nothing, 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 absolutely then nothing. What, what's the, the point? point? What's the point of all of this? That's Classic that's the thing. Jokes. That's the one thing I cannot. That's why I can't believe it's just nothing I, because it doesn't make any sense. The cosmic joke of it all. Uh, the cosmic joke of it all is like, why do we even exist? Like, I think like to start off, like, why did we evolve? Like, what a dumb thing to happen. Th- that's why if there is an afterlife, it makes a bit more sense, right? It'll like, yeah. even out like question and like give you answers for everything. Right. Like this is a journey where we're sense. able to make our own choices. Yeah. And now, now don't ask me what, how you get to heaven and all that stuff. Cause that's another but like, that's like, story. That's yeah. way more theological. Yeah. That, there's a lot. That's like a whole nother podcast, <laughs> but, 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 but it's very complex. And the funny thing is I didn't know this growing up. I used to think about death all the time. All the time. Oh my God. Really? All, well, cause I grew up in a Christian home. My sister would tell me, Joe, you gotta like, you, you gotta, know, like she repent. wants to protect my, my soul. She's like, you, you know, the ends might come at any time. And that I used to pray to God, like, oh, God, please don't end the world today. Like, I don't want to die today. I don't want to die. Totally. Like, every night. And so with that thought process, that really fucked my like outlook on life. Outlook. I bet. Yeah. I mean, there's some good things like I lived for today, but like I did not prepare for tomorrow. RPDM <laughs> all the time. Like and subscribe. Until next time. Be good. Real good. The inside joke. That's all, folks.